Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Q1370 WQLL. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the contents in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday. Welcome to Catholic Baltimore. This is Christopher Gunty of the Catholic Review, and we're talking today about a unique convocation coming up July 1st through 4th in Orlando, Florida, the Convocation of Catholic Leaders, the Joy of the Gospel in America is a first-of-its-kind 3,000-person conference where bishops and their staffs, key people from their staffs, will be getting together to talk about the new evangelization and how we can do that in the United States. We have with us today John Romanowski, who is Executive Director of Evangelization for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Welcome, John. Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, tell us a little bit about what this conference is and why it's so exciting for you to be a part of it. Well, the bishops in this country have uh, called together all the Catholic leaders across the United States to come together as a show of national unity in the church, but especially with one voice to respond to Pope Francis' call in the uh, document, The Joy of the Gospel, uh, to be and to form missionary disciples as our number one mission in the church. Mm-hmm. So this is meant to be an historical gathering where we solemnly declare with one voice that we are going to dedicate ourselves to this mission in the church. That what Pope Paul VI said in 1975, that the Catholic Church exists to evangelize, will be made a reality in our lives individually as missionary disciples, but also in the life of every single one of our parishes. That's mission number one is to be and to form missionary disciples, in other words, to evangelize. So to really embrace the new evangelization as our top goal. So that's why this is so exciting is because it's invitation only. They want to invite all the leaders and, as they say, sort of the best of the best when it comes to Catholic organizations and leadership, lay leadership, bishops, pastors, diocesan uh, leaders to come together and and pray and discern and... and, and um, have really deep discussion about how do we do this? How do we do this? And then to be sent forth by the bishops to do this mission back in our respective dioceses and parishes. Right. So this is not a conference for Catholics in the pews to attend. This is one for bishops and their key leadership and leadership of key organizations to come and learn how to take that discipleship message out to the parishes, out to their organizations, but not for those people to attend, right? Absolutely, and and that's why what's what's unique about the convocation is that it's not, uh, the participants aren't going to go and and sit there and hear lectures and take notes. It's very uh, participation heavy in that most of the folks who are going to Orlando will participate on a a panel discussion, will give presentations, will be actively involved. So it's it's really almost more of a... A time for us to get together and discern together how we do this. So to share best practices, to share our experience, to to share kind of our collective wisdom, um, but also of course to hear from you know the top experts in the field of evangelization. Don't get me wrong; they'll they'll all be there. Right. There's going to be three thousand plus participants, three thousand plus Catholic leaders, 
Um, and, and some of them are going to give them. talks, and some and of them will be. There'll be, yeah, of course, there'll be talks, but sure. but unlike other unlike other conferences, it, it will be participating a lot more. So I myself will serve on a, on a panel discussing the changing needs of <laughs> of parishes today for you know uh, and whatnot, and we're looking forward to that because I think they understand that that it will be. They want this to be a transformative moment in the history of our church. Well, I imagine as part of this conference, then, there will be a lot of roundtable discussions, a lot of small group discussions, where people take the initial talks that they hear and kind of break that open, right? Absolutely. So, for example, a typical breakout would be a panel discussion where participants would serve on the panel with a couple of bishops. They'd have some discussion among themselves, and then we'd open it up to discussion among all the participants in the room. So it will be participation heavy, and I think that 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 makes sense if this is to be a transformative moment because by worshiping together, praying together, having deep discussions and discerning together, then we can process more deeply uh, this call to missionary discipleship and what we're, what we're actually trying to do. So really the aim, and you can see with how they've, how they've mapped out these four days. Mm-hmm. So day one, Saturday, July 1st, is a day of national unity. This is, this is when we solemnly come together as one church and make just make that statement. It's a very symbolic gathering, really, is to say, here we are as one church worshiping together, and we're going to dive into this together. And then the next day, we focus on where are we? So what's the landscape? Where, where do we find ourselves at this point in, right. our, in our history? And where what's the call that we that we share? And then the next day, we're looking at missionary discipleship itself. What does that mean? What are we talking about? What is the new evangelization? And really trying to fill out that picture. And then the final day is spirit, the spirit of mission. This is when we really launch forth on mission. It's a very practical day. We really look at practical steps that you, that, that, that you can take and the best practices, and we get sent forth to carry out the mission back home. Yeah. So you can see by how they've laid this out um, what, what the goal is, is meant to be, which is, by the way, this is, our lo- this is what our goal is in the Archdiocese of Baltimore with, right. our, with our pastoral planning process, is ultimately what the Pope calls missionary conversion. So as to become an authentically missionary church in the 21st century, uh, wherever you happen to be. We mm-hmm. happen to be in the Archdiocese of Baltimore, but um, I think that this dovetails beautifully with what we're trying to do and what Archbishop Lor- where Archbishop Laurie is leading us currently in the Archdiocese. Right. When, when we hear Pope Francis talk about it, when we hear Archbishop Laurie talk about it, this, this concept of being missionary disciples and especially our planning process, wanting to make missionary disciples it's more than just having a conversion ourselves and say okay i believe in jesus and that's good enough it's it's really about encouraging people who are saying i have a relationship with jesus i believe in jesus that's not enough i need to go tell other people about that and invite them into that conversation and into that relationship with christ right absolutely it really is it's rediscovering that original meaning um, of, of discipleship, we call it missionary discipleship, but it's that's that's redundant. It, it, it should be redundant. I mean, right. I would say it's almost like, let's say you have a, a weight problem, and you find a secret that, that that lets you lose all the weight you want in a matter of days, and suddenly you find yourself you feel fantastic. You've lost all this weight. Now you can just enjoy your life, mm-hmm. enjoy being healthy and how all that energy or you can go to your friends or family that are also struggling with their weight and say I just found this fantastic program and look what it did for me mm-hmm. 
it could do the same thing for you. And so you become sort of a, a, a you're a disciple of the program. Now you become like an apostle of the program, and you want to share your joy by having others participate, in, and, and and pointing to yourself. And it's not in a in an egotistical way. You just said the program's fantastic, and as proof, here am I, and look how great. You know, I feel and, and how great I look compared to before. So it's almost like that. So you have a conversion experience. You encounter Christ. You have this experience that is life-changing where you, you, you experience a peace and a joy you've never known before. Hard to put into words. And will you just enjoy that and, and sort of, you know, work out your own way to heaven? Or do you want to go to those who are don't have that same sense of purpose and that same sense, deep sense of peace that you now have and did not have before and say, look what happened to me. It could happen to you too. Right. And look what it's done for me. I have this incredible sense of the meaning of my life and a deep sense of peace and that, you know, that, that restlessness and that anxiety is no longer with me. It can happen to you too. It's as simple as that, right. it, you know. And, and we see that kind of fanaticism in all walks of life, but you know, especially with our sports teams, with the O's and the Ravens, and people just get so jazzed about that, and they wear the the team colors. And you think, why not spend that same kind of energy on on something that's going to bring you to holiness? Exactly, and then that's that's sort of the mystery of of that we're dealing with is why. Why in so many of our Catholic parishes do we have a culture of silence? You know that what's evolved, um, you know, over time is that that your spiritual life, your 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 faith, is something that should be private, very personal, very private, and you shouldn't impose it on other people. But you're right. In every other area of our life, we share good news. Mm-hmm. If we if it's really good, we want to share it because right. it's what kind of completes the joy. You know, is the O's have won. You don't keep it to yourself if you're a fan, right? Um, or whatever the case may be. Right. So you have a new baby. I mean, I, I use that example all the time. When my son was born, you know, um, as soon as I possibly could, I ran out of the room and started calling people and texting people to share the good news. It's, it's just what human beings do. That's right. You know, and that's all That's all the Pope is talking about when he says missionary disciple as opposed to just disciple. That's all he means. Great. Well, thanks for being with us, John. This is where we're talking with John Romanowski about the Convocation of Catholic Leaders, the Joy of the Gospel in America, which will be in Orlando, Florida, July 1st through 4th. You're listening to Catholic Baltimore. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Pick up the July issue of the Catholic Review, available at your parish now. Inside, take a look at our graduation special section. 20 high schools across the Archdiocese graduated 2,210 seniors this May and June. We spoke to a few standouts, such as Michael Wolfarth, a graduate of St. John's Catholic Prep in Buckystown. This fall, he'll be heading to Purdue University in Indiana, where he will study biomedical engineering. I do not want to be in the hospital removing a tumor that has developed, Michael said. I want to be the guy who prevented the tumor from developing in the first place. At Maryvale Preparatory School in Lutherville, we catch up with Emily Craig, the best distance runner to graduate from the all-girls school. Emily was the Interscholastic Athletic Association of Maryland champion in cross-country her junior year and runner-up her sophomore and senior years. She is moving on to the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis and may one day be an innovator in cybersecurity. Maryvale teacher George Kapasinki, who taught Emily AP Computer Science and Engineering through Robotics, 
said she was always looking for something more challenging. She wanted to code tougher questions so she could learn faster, he said. Also in the July print edition of the Catholic Review, we bid farewell to St. Thomas Aquinas Elementary School in Hamden and John Paul Regional Catholic School in Woodlawn, both K-8 institutions that closed their doors for good in June. Both had principals who had served more than three decades at their respective schools. All this and more in the Catholic Review and at catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, this is Eric Zygmunt. Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have The Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to the Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice-a-week updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android. And follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. The season of sacraments is nearly here. First Holy Communion, Confirmation, and Weddings. Visit the Baltimore Basilica, America's first cathedral, and stop by the gift shop for all of your gift needs. From beautiful frames to crucifixes and crosses, statues and one-of-a-kind rosaries, the Basilica gift shop has it all. Friendly, knowledgeable staff members can help you select the perfect gift. Also available, Baltimore's very own Mouth Party Caramels, locally designed hand-painted signs and jewelry, plus gifts for Easter as well as an extensive line of St. Patrick's Day items sure to bring out the Irish and everyone. Visit the Basilica Gift Shop at 409 Cathedral Street in Baltimore or call 410-727-3565 for hours and directions. Free street parking available directly in front of the Basilica between 9.30 and 4 p.m. You are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Q1370 WQLL. Welcome to Catholic Baltimore. We're talking today about the Convocation of Catholic Leaders, the joy of the gospel in America, a conference that will be held July 1st through 4th in Orlando, Florida. With us today is Edward Herrera, Director of the Office of Marriage and Family Life for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. He's one of 22 delegates who will be going with Archbishop William Laurie to the Convocation to learn more about what it means to be a missionary disciple in today's environment. Welcome, Edward. Thank you, Chris. I uh, appreciate you having me on today. So why are you looking forward to this convocation? It's a unique, really the first of its kind meeting for Catholic leaders throughout the country. What's important for you about this? Just to be a part of it is, is exciting. I mean, obviously it's a historic gathering for all the bishops to, to come together and say, uh, now is the time in America that we need to be thinking in a more serious and intentional way about evangelization and uh, ways that we can uh, really uh, become missionary disciples uh, here in the in the world and so it's just an exciting opportunity to be a part of that uh, to be thinking about that uh, my understanding is a lot of the sessions are uh, going to be very um, 
uh, discussion-based, uh, so kind of have some presenters and then have an opportunity to really uh, be thinking about these things and talking about these things together with leaders from around the country. So just a very exciting opportunity. So as you go into this as the Director of Marriage and Family Life, your, your responsibility is to really make sure that marriage and family life ministers throughout the Archdiocese have a good foundation for what they're doing with their parishioners and with the people in the parish. Um, what are you looking forward to and how do you get information from this convocation to bring back to your leaders who then bring that down to the folks in the pew? Yeah, so what uh, for me is very exciting, uh, one of the breakout sessions is entitled uh, the joy of love and families as the principal agents of the new evangelization. And I see that as really being uh, a big part of, of what I'm trying to do uh, at the convocation and what I'm hoping to bring back uh, here to the Archdiocese is really to be able to say, how can families really be the principles of the new evangelization? How can we, instead of looking at uh, families in the pews as kind of the, the problem, so to speak, um, and really look at the family as being the solution so that the family is really able to go out into the world and to transform the world uh, and consecrate the world to Christ. Uh, so how can we uh, empower our parishioners and our families to be able to do that? Is that a lot harder to do today when families seem kind of disjointed, they're pulled in so many different directions, not just uh, soccer practice and and school and homework and all of those other things but but everybody's on their own little device in their own little world is that harder to to help people be that 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 leaven of the bread for changing the world than it was say 10 or 15 or 20 years ago absolutely i mean i think that there's a lot of uh reason surrounding that but i think that there are uh, a lot of challenges uh people being pulled in a lot of different ways in a lot of different directions. I noticed one of the sessions is uh, entitled kind of uh, individualism and uh, and kind of the challenges of that and so whether it's kind of the the fragmentation within our families or uh, within society at large just the the real sense of community life uh, has become generally disjointed. Uh, so the more that we can encourage people to see the family as the fundamental cell of society um, and really a way of, of building up society, the better off we're going to be as, uh, as church and just generally as a, as a community. Yeah, I think when we, we talk about, you know, like kitchen table gospel, I mean, we used to, you know, families used to say prayers around the table and, and those kinds of things. And uh, I think not that that's not happening anywhere, but I think it's less so uh, these days. And so you kind of wonder if there's a way to help families really be the missionary disciples they need to be. And it, you gotta start when kids are little so that they know that that's a, a, an important part of their life. Absolutely, and I, I think that one, uh, one area, and I was just having a conversation with some folks about this the other day, uh, just the, the reemergence within families of, of liturgical living and opportunities for liturgical living for families. Uh, and what a way to do that around the, the dinner table, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, just um, really focusing on, on these unique opportunities to uh, show children the, um, uh, the gospel in and through the, the liturgical year, the, the feast days of the saints, all of these sorts of things can really uh, get kids engaged mm -hmm. uh, even from a from a young age uh, so I think that there's there's ways to do that but it's it's definitely a challenge within our culture um, but uh, but there are certainly opportunities and, and ways of going about doing it 
We interviewed recently on Catholic Baltimore a woman named Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle who's written a story or a book called, you know, Feeding Your Family's Soul uh, about how you, uh, and, and she lays it out over 52 weeks of, of lessons and, and prayers and all these kinds of things about really kind of making that family dinner table a unique kind of uh, place to, to share the faith. How do you th- hope that the convocation brings more ideas like that forward so that these leaders, these 3,000 leaders who are gathered in Orlando, are going to be able to really make an impact when they come back to their dioceses? Yeah, and I think a big part of that is the way in which uh, the convocation is structured. I mean, it's, it's got a, a great amount of, of prayer uh, and discernment that's taking place at the convocation, but then also the, the nature of the, the conversations are going to be so um, uh, much more of a, uh, a discussion format as opposed to a format of uh, just kind of talking heads, mm-hmm. uh, but, but recognizing that part of the expertise is from all of these 3,000 people that are coming from all of their, uh, all of their different dioceses and the fact that we've got parish leaders coming to uh, to hear their witnesses and their wisdom, I think, is really going to be of a, a great benefit to us. Yeah, as a group of you, there's 22 from the Archdiocese of Baltimore who are going down there. Uh, will you get together at times while you're there? Will you also get together once you get back to try to process some of this information and figure out, okay, here's what we heard, now what do we do with it? Yeah, and I think that there's going to be an opportunity for us to come together uh, even before the convocation to have a little bit more of a conversation about what our desires are, what our uh, our hopes are going in, mm-hmm. uh, but then also throughout uh, to have opportunities to reconnect, uh, say what were what were your insights from today, uh, and then afterwards to really try to uh, to bring it home to the archdiocese and say, okay, what uh, what can we really take from this, and how can it really be an opportunity to uh, to support our parishes. Mm-hmm. Is how extensive are uh, family life ministers in many of our parishes? Do most people have somebody on full time or part time, or, or is that a lot of volunteers who are doing that work? It, it depends on the parish. A lot of times, the uh, you know, a lot of parishes are, are starting to recognize that it's good to have like a community life minister, a family mm-hmm. life minister. Uh, so there are some full time folks that are that are coming on around the archdiocese. Uh, but a lot of times it uh, falls in, in the lap of the DRE, a lot of times the director okay. of religious education, uh, so who a lot of times uh, help with the, the formation of the, the children of the parish. Um, but I, I think a lot of them, even at my own parish, they're uh, hosting kind of family days during mm-hmm. the course of the summer. And so there are different ways that you can, can bring the families together. And, and so much more now, uh, I think the directors of religious education are seeing opportunities for bringing the whole families together and figuring out ways of uh, seeing the the parents as the primary catechist. So how can we as as a parish really support uh, parents' role as uh, forming their children uh, to be missionary disciples? Mm-hmm. And that's why I guess why it's so exciting to be able to go down and learn from Catholic leaders around the country about the kind of work that you're doing and bring that home. Yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of just innovative stuff that's going on, uh, and every diocese is in a different uh, demographic situation, but to bring all of those together and to have conversations about this, to have uh, real engagement about this and, and things that are working, things that uh, 
that you know haven't worked uh, right. to be able to have That's those important. yeah uh, to have those conversations I think are really uh, going to be beneficial. Great. Well, we've been talking today about the Convocation of Catholic Leaders, the Joy of the Gospel in America, which will be held July 1st through 4th. Our guest has been Edward Herrera, Director of Marriage and Family Life for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. He's one of 22 people who will be joining Archbishop Lori as our delegation to, to that convocation. And we're glad to have had you here today. Thanks. Thank you, Chris. It's been great. You've been listening to Catholic Baltimore. This is Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review. For 143 years, New Cathedral Cemetery has served the needs of the Catholic community of Baltimore and Central Maryland. New Cathedral is the only cemetery owned by the Archdiocese of Baltimore and is the final resting place for many religious orders and famous citizens. 125 acres of rolling hills, trees, and beautiful monuments, the cemetery is an oasis of peace and tranquility and is located off Edmondson Avenue just outside of Catonsville. New Cathedral is dedicated to the task of tending to the mortal remains of our dearly departed and has many more years of available space. If you are in need of a burial site, vault, monument, or marker, or just a respectful location to place your cremated loved ones, our counselors will help you through this process and make sure the wishes of you and your loved ones are honored. Visit us online at newcathedralcemetery.org, like us on Facebook at New Cathedral Cemetery Bonnie Bray, or call 410-566-7770. Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator who would be happy to speak with you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless us and keep us always in his love.